Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey there, Hill Folk, and welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. We are extremely, extremely thankful that you guys could join us again for another week, for another edition of AI. With you tonight, your hosts, Justin and Lance. Lance, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great, Justin. Glad to be back behind the camera on the microphone once again for another episode of AI. Uh, it's been a little more sporadic than we've been as of as of late, uh, but now we're back to back here in a couple nights. It's like a, a brand new us. More than more more than one one record more than two recordings in a week. But we're doing something here. Hey, we're doing we're doing big things, man. We are doing big things, and that's really mainly because. Monica's not working this week, so <laughs> it's not. I'm not pulling double duty. <laughs> we got a visitor. Uh, you guys, you heal folk, you know where you can find us. You know all the socials, all the places, all the ways that you can support us. You know all that stuff. We talk about it every single week, and those are all listed in the show notes. But with you tonight, and we usually read off a five-star review, but we have a special guest with us tonight. We have uh, a guy that has, he's came from the driver's seat of a Philly tractor and trailer to the throne of a media empire in Knoxville. He's a dogman detective, a skinwalker sleuth, and a PI into portals. An examiner of the eerie and an analyst archiving countless accounts of the arcane. He's a podcaster, filmmaker, adventurer, and CEO of Merkel Media. With us tonight, we have the man. Tony Merkel. Tony, how are you? Yep. How you doing, man? Dude, that was an intro. My Lord. I, I, can you email that to me so I can have it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> some of these some of these programs are like, send over a bio. I'm like, I don't freaking know. And I go to ChatGPT. I'm like, hey, say something cool about Tony Merkel. For the- <laughs> <laughs> that- no more ChatGPT now, Tony. You got you one now. That was solid. That's way better than Chad GPT. Oh my! Well, but thanks for. I try. I try. I try. Well, we're happy to have you, man. We are. We're extremely happy to have you. Um, you know, obviously, as most of our audience by the at this time, they know that 
we came and visited you down in your studio. Um, shoot, almost a year ago now, I guess. It's been almost a year. It doesn't seem like that long. Yeah. That's kind of when our Swift Silver Mine and, and Petroglyph Adventure started up and started going on. And you were kind enough and gracious enough and ho- was, was a fantastic host, had us there, um, you know, allowed us to get our story out there. And I mean, obviously, if you have a chance to go on the confessionals, your numbers are going to get boosted a little bit. I mean, that's the Tony effect. That's that's the goal, man. Like that's why I like inviting podcasters on the show. I like spreading the wealth. I like exposing new people, and so I'm glad the numbers went up. I recently did that with John from uh, Twenty One CD Podcast. Uh, he's from south, south south of Knoxville. Yeah, he's from Murfreesboro, and he drove out and he spent time with me and. Uh, I mean, I, I told him, and I think I probably told you guys the same. I tell I tell everybody who's a podcaster, uh, same thing. I'm like, it's up to you. Bring the heat, hit a grand slam. That's all you got to do. You yeah. know, like all you got to do. And, and I want you to, like, want, first of all, it's on my podcast. So yeah, I want you to hit a grand slam because <laughs> I want to have a good episode, yeah. you know? And then also it only does good for you. And I want that. I want people to be, you know, to be successful in this. And quite frankly, it gets lonely doing this by myself for, for a job. So I want friends that do this for a job too, so that we can all have fun together. So, uh, yeah, man. it's, uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm really glad that, that you said that because, um, I don't know if you've ever told me that, but I'm glad that numbers went up and I'm glad that people came over to listen. Well, I probably didn't tell you that. I mean, you got to save some things to to be able to push it out for people to actually hear. You know, it's kind of like when you bro hug and it's just the two of you. Sometimes it feels a little bit awkward. But if there's people around watching, this is like, oh, yeah, that's normal. That's totally cool. Think about how I felt hugging that Satanist in his house three times real close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dude put his crotch up on me and everything. It was <laughs> weird. And I was just like, for the glory of God, we'll do this. It's <laughs> 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 like, we need to get this boy safe. So, okay, come on in for another hug. <laughs> I can hear you right now. This is ministry has to be more than this. This can't be it. <laughs> That's what I felt. I was like, well, go ahead, put that shit on head on my shoulder it's fine okay <laughs> <Jesus> loves you <laughs> it was the most awkward time of my life man it was so awkward but uh I, I thank god that i went through that experience man like it 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 primed me for what i do i didn't uh i i didn't i didn't have this podcast when that happened to me i didn't have any interest in the paranormal uh in the extent that i do now and um it, it, quite frankly, those kind of situations were things that I would avoid a lot because I would never have wanted to be in that kind of situation. Just the idea of it scared me. Um, and so what was really cool about that, though, is that I knew I was in the right place. Like I knew I was supposed to be there because that whole week after that guy said he, he wanted me to come to his house, like God was preparing me for like dark spiritual warfare. Like I felt the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me every day it's coming it's coming and i'm just like yeah it's gonna be awesome right you know, like, like, i didn't really understand what was going to happen but um going through that situation it really kind of prepared me for what i do now you know like ain't like ain't nobody gonna tell me that darkness doesn't exist that certain things don't aren't real because i, I experienced it firsthand before the show like 
this show didn't influence that experience. That experience influenced the show. And uh or my show, not your show. The, <laughs> you know, the confessions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm just I'm really kind of glad I went through that. There's a lot of things that you go through and, and you look back with the hindsight, you know, and that's one of them for sure. Um that that people still ask me when I tell them that story, like, well, whatever happened to him? I'm like, oh, I wish I knew. I don't I still know, but I wish I could find him. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I found I found the email. I found the email. I was it was probably like three or three or four months ago now. I was going through like one of my old. I, I'm the kind of person that. All right, so I don't um, I don't throw away my socks very easily. Okay, like I have like drawers jam packed with socks that are years old. In fact, today I was wearing one of my older socks that had a hole in the big toe. And then I was at my son's martial arts and they're like, Hey parents, come on out here and you're going to help with the kids and take your shoes. I was like, Nope, I'm going to leave my shoes on if you don't like it. And then my son doesn't get to have a partner, you know? <laughs> so, but uh, anyways, just like socks, just like my sock drawer, I also have the equal amount of email addresses and uh, I have email addresses for days, email addresses that people don't even know exist. They, I, I had probably a healthy 10 to 12 email addresses before I started my podcast like I change email addresses all the time. And so I was searching through the email addresses and um, I finally found it. I, I found the email chain with him. What was interesting is some of the things that I recall him telling me through text uh, were not in the email chain. And I know he didn't have a cell phone because I remember him telling me that he only had a landline and I would have to call him. So I don't know where those emails went. Uh, mysterious. We we're on the case of it though. But uh, I found those emails and I was trying to find like, you know, something. I was like, I gotta, I, I gotta find this guy. <laughs> like, like, it's just, uh, it eats me alive sometimes, but you know, I, maybe, maybe it's better, better left just untouched and let alone, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that situation is one of the, you know, like for me, it, it was experiences that happened within that, you know, spiritual supernatural realm that brought about, you know, my interest in this podcast and, and all that different stuff. And Lance's kind of come alongside that, but it wasn't like, you know, with flesh and blood, you know, it wasn't somebody that I needed to go track down at some point. So I know like with, with my shadow man, with Bruno, I'm not trying to talk to him, you know, if he pops up, I'm like, I ain't trying to track him down with you. It's a real dude out there that kind of sunk his, his teeth in and, and, you know, threw the bait out there and got the hook in and reeled you right into his home. And then yeah. was literally trying to put a demon on you. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he makes me grumpy when I think about him. Cause he's just like, like he, he really messed me up. Like, like not him per se, but what he did that day, yeah. I was, I was ill prepared. Like, and you know, I think most people wouldn't have been prepared for that situation. I think the pastor of the church that I was going to at the time would not have been prepared for that situation uh, because I mean, he was my pastor. So like he, he was the one that was supposed to be discipling me, shepherding me, teaching me. And so like, you know, I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I just think that what happened to me that day, uh, not many people would have been prepared for. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there like me today, like how I am today. There's a lot of people out there that, that, would have been able to handle it just fine. Cause I think today, if it happened to me today, totally different story, totally different story. Well, it's like one I, of those, it's one of those things, you know, we've talked about it 
a little bit. And, and, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you build relationships and what we do and, and you have a lot of people that you're talking to and, and, you know, there's getting to be quite a few Christians in this paranormal podcasting field. And, you know, the stuff that we look into, the areas that we investigate, the, the entities that we're, that we're looking into and trying to expose, you know, these different areas that these principalities kind of exist and, and operate in. It is spiritual warfare, everything that you're doing. So now, you know, we're in a position to where we know, we know from the get go, like you got to be armored up. I mean, you've got to be in prayer. You've got to be in the word. You've got to be equipped with the full armor of God because you're going to have spiritual attacks coming. You know, just your, your modern average everyday I don't want to say layman because you know we're laymen, but it's just your modern average everyday Christian. You you don't think you don't have that kind of mentality, you know, still demons and, and dark forces in this spiritual realm to where Satan and his army of darkness is operating. It, it's kind of still like this fairy tale thought in your head. You know, when bad yeah. things happen, you just think of it as, oh, well, that that's the world. That's the world being the world. But where we are, Everything that happens, like, oh, man, I knew that that was going to come after me. I, I've got to get prayed up. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to be more prepared and, and ready with the full armor of God to be able to take on what we're taking on. Yep. Yeah, and I would just add that, too, like, right, just in the normal everyday Running the mill Christian, I guess you can call it that. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I didn't. But, I didn't like saying that. It yeah, made me feel like you know saying I, it like that, but I didn't know what else to call. Them. No, you're exactly. Yeah, it, that's a fine way to say it. But like uh, most people, I guess, who at least have a a bit of a, a bit of faith or a bit of a, a church and in them, kind of think that you know what, I God's got it. Like I'm okay, and that's fine, and and that and that's perfectly a perfectly reasonable thought process because He does have it, but. We've got explicit instructions in scriptures like, hey, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Like, there's other stuff we're wrestling against, and you've got to be prepared for all of it all the time. No matter where you're at or what may happen, you need to be prepared for it because you don't know when it's going to attack you. Um, so it's, you know, it's conscious efforts, conscious thoughts, like specific things that we do to make sure that we're ready for the fight whenever the fight comes. We're not looking for it all the time, but we know it's there. It's an ever present thought, an ever present evil that's there. We just got to be ready for the fight when it comes. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Shape of Shadows. Let's get into it. <laughs> we we start. I thought we were going to start with Shape of Shadows and then get to this other stuff. We went the total opposite direction. That's what happens with me sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know. I ADD brains. I just did an interview with. Uh, oh, I forget what show it was now, but I just did an interview like a week or two ago, and it was a fantastic conversation. Uh, we didn't talk about the shape of shadows at all, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they 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 emailed a bunch of people, different podcasts, to try scheduling me for uh, you know appearances. And this guy has, I I, I really I'm, I'm I feel bad because I'm drawing a blank on on the show, but um, like he he we were, he was planning on talking about the shape of shadows, and I get I guess he he opened up though with a question that was off topic, not realizing that. 
when you do that with me, it's just like, oh boy, it's just a <laughs> wild roller coaster downhill with a lot of twists and turns, and we just don't know where it's going, you know. And, and that's and then we, like an hour and a half, two hours goes by, and, and we're like, we didn't talk about my 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 film at all, but it was a really good conversation. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. See you later. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I'm sure it was a great conversation. And whenever you figure out what podcast that was, let me know and I'll go listen to it. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I really can't remember. I can't remember. Well, you've been making the rounds recently. You've been kind of on this little, uh, podcasting tour promoting the new, tour. yeah, the promoting the new film shape of shadows. And, and I've watched shape of shadows and I will just, I'll open it up by saying, I thought it was fantastic. I really did. I thought it was fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. I'm not just saying that, you know, because it it, it, it was fantastic. The cinematography was great. The production was great. The evidence obviously speaks for itself. And, you know, I, I'll let you get into some more of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I've got, you know, Joel and Ward are a couple of really good friends of mine, you know, along with with yourself. I don't know the other guys as well, but there's a group of guys there that I that I know. I know personally, and I know that they're doing this in the right context and for the right reasons and to expose the darkness that exists out there and. And and to bring it to light, you know, to shine a light in this darkness. And when I'm watching something, when I'm when I'm intaking some form of media, and I know the people behind it, and I know that what their intentions are, and I know that what they're trying to bring ab- about as far as awareness to an audience, to a population, it already gives me a sense. But even then, it could still come out and be crap, you know. I mean, hey, these are really good guys, and that was a nice try. But the shape God, of shadows is good. <laughs> but it's like uh the, those those southern ladies and stuff bless your heart and i found out <laughs> that doesn't mean what you think it means no definitely don't <laughs> and so i'm getting tired of hearing that but <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but no it, it's um but i mean listen i i i have never been uh quiet as to who i am and what who i represent I have never been the perfect representation of Christ and I've never um, felt comfortable in my own skin doing it. Um, But I've always told people, you know, who I am. And as the years have gone on, the more bold I've became. And I think I'm more bold today than I ever have been. Um, I'm more willing to... if the, if I don't think this will ever, I don't think this re- will be the reason for this ever to happen. Not that it won't happen, but if me being my boldness and my faith, like takes the ship and beach it, the beaches it, you know, like we're, we're just kind of the totally shipwrecked and you know, the whole ship is done because I was bold about my faith. So be it like, like I am so ornery anymore. <laughs> Like, I, I just don't care to care. Like, I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about how you think. This is how I think. This is my show. And if you don't like it, you don't have, 
have to listen. And that's just how I feel about it. And I think most of people at this point either agree with me or can tolerate me, stomach me. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just, you know, I started having this, um, I had, to, I, so, I, I mean, it goes back to that Satanist thing, right? So that guy, he encountered, when I encountered him at his house, I was like a spiritual mountaintop that I never, I've never been higher in my entire life. I, w- I, w- I really felt like I was walking with God daily. And to see how much that that three hour period kicked me kicked my butt spiritually for years to come, um, to only have my son in December of 2017. I've been I at that point. I've been podcasting almost a year, and my son started the process of my transformation. Not that I needed a spiritual transformation to be brought back to God because I wasn't away from God, but um, there was a new responsibility to my spiritual nature because I had the children. And um, then also seeing the world unfold around me the way the world is, uh, I got this, this for the first time in my life, this keen sense that, oh, when I die, I'm not dead. Like when I, when I die, I'm still here and I need to live my life like I'm assuming he's still here when when this Merkel is in the ground, there's still Merkels walking the ground. And I need to live my life like that. And so it kind of it was it started becoming a transformation in me <clears throat> that um it was a slow process, but and I'm sure it's still processing, but I am now at currently at the point where like I mean I I that this it's the same operation as always. I I talk to people, whoever they are, I don't care. Um, but I guess, the, I guess what I, I guess five years ago, uh, six years ago, whatever it was, no, almost seven years ago now, um, when it came to conversation with people and then my faith coming up, there might have been a little pinch in me that was just like, ah, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it because I'm told to do it. It doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? And that's just being honest. Like, like when when you're out on the street preaching the gospel to people that are complete strangers, it doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. And so when uh, it comes up in conversation on my show back in the day, it didn't feel comfortable. Uh, and it's becoming more comfortable now. And I think that's where my orderliness comes from because I'm I feel perfectly fine. Like I feel great. So if you guys don't feel good, you know. <laughs> so. Um, I say all that to bring you back around to what you were saying. Uh, I t- we, I take that mindset into running Merkle Media and these films, uh, and and God has been in this from the beginning. He has circled circled the wagons. He brought people around me that uh, were of like mind, and and that's for a reason, you know. Um, I could easily have had people who uh, aren't of the faith and that is a natural clash, especially in, in the action moments of filming these kind of things. Uh, I could have easily had people who are of the faith and scared to death of doing anything because they, they're scared that there's a demon underneath every rock, which there probably is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's like, um, and I say that just goofing around, but um, eh. I mean, like, like, 
they're they're much more prevalent than than people give it credit for though but um you know what i'm saying though like it could be a traditional like you know scared to to do like like the kind of christian that's scared to talk to a satanist or a witch because they might get the ickies from them you know yeah. it's just you know I, I could have been easily surrounded by people like that too but i've been fortunate that i'm surrounded by a bunch of guys who are just like me you know and uh in their own ways you know like theologically no like me and ward are very different i'm pentecostal ward is whatever ward is you know like he like he's he's super smart uh theologically driven um i i think it's safe to say he's reformed um uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but like and, and and i'm kind of reformed in a sense too i'm very high i'm like a hybrid theologically but i'm i'm becoming more pentecostal today than i ever have been um <laughs> and so uh but we we're all on the same mission and that mission is that we believe that this stuff is real we believe that our god is more powerful than the darkness that has been um uh amplified and magnified and 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 exposed uh and we're on a mission to do our own spin of what reality really is you know so there's a lot of people who uh are exploring reality and what does that even mean uh and they go down all these different paths and we're just a group of guys that love god love jesus and are called not it's not a matter of what our passions are like oh i want to play basketball oh that's my hobby like like we're called to do this like that like i don't know how to to better describe it than that like each and every one of us have a story where god called us into this field specifically and then he brought us together so it's not like he just called us individually and then kept us apart he called us individually then brought us together to do this and so with that i think we just we walk with a sense of um godly confidence and we trust that god has got us god's going to protect us um we do pray up and we're going to start uh, showing these prayers on film more because one thing is i just assumed people i just assumed people knew i prayed <laughs> and <laughs> and the comments are like you know you should really pray before you do this i'm like who says i didn't you know <laughs> we don't have to film everything <laughs> and uh you know, I, I dropped i dropped a deuce today too but i didn't film that <laughs> yeah. you want to see me you want to see me flush the toilet uh you want to see the proof <laughs> but uh uh so but we just um so we're going to start doing some things different it's a learning experience for sure and we're we're very thankful for the, for the grace that god has kind of provided for us where uh we're not doing things perfectly uh i didn't do per things perfectly for the last seven years i know that uh i wish i there's been plenty of times that i wish i would have done things differently said things differently uh treated people differently because i get hot-headed and um there's been plenty of times where i walked away from a situation I'm like man you just killed your witness with that person for sure you know like oh you call yourself a christian tony good job real good job there you know um but god's grace is sufficient and he for whatever reason has put us in this position and i'm not just talking about my film guys i'm talking about you guys too all these christians that are starting to rise up in this paranormal podcast world it's wild it is weird um, but uh there is a remnant rising and it has to 
So um, I think that we we are that and we're finding our place in this this world where it's it's uh it's riddled with darkness and uh we've been called to be that light yeah and as cliche as that sounds you know as christianese as that sounds um you know we we we're the christians that play in the dark you know yeah like most christians are like let's leave the the night light on let, let's leave the, these lights on and let's just hunker around this nice warm light and mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, let's turn out the light and see what's up, you know? And so, um, we're all kind of in a different spot than most Christians are. And, uh, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it to, to various degrees. I certainly have, especially back in Pennsylvania where people didn't really understand they, they, and, and, and that's fine. Um, I think they understand now just by the record, the track record, I think they understand now, hopefully. But um, what we do is is far deeper than anything that is materialistic. You know, um, it's it's been it's and I mean, and when I say we, I mean you guys, like us. I just think that it's um, I don't know, divinely inspired. So uh, I know you want to talk about Shape of Shadows, though, or I do. Now look, we can we apparently can, I do. <laughs> we can keep look. We can preach all night long. That's totally fine with me. <laughs> it, it, it really kind of it, it'll it, this all lays the foundation for for the films. Yeah. You know, I mean, is it fun? Yeah. Do I want to put a bullet in a dog, man? Yes, I do. And I don't think they're cuddly. I don't want to cuddle it. I want to put a bullet in its neck and watch it bleed out. I just do. Like, if it's possible. They need it needs to die. Okay. Whether Agreed. if it's biological, it needs to die to show the world it exists. After that, it still needs to die. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> uh it, that's disgusting. Uh it is what it is. Um, these things I, I've I've seen enough. I've heard enough. I haven't seen enough. I need to see more. I've heard enough that uh that I, I don't think these things it's like one of those what was that? That Steven Crowder thing changed my mind, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm sitting there at a fold-up table drinking a coffee that changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I, we, we're hunting like we're hunting monsters. Like that's what that's that's what I'm going to be doing later this month. I'm going to be going out for a week hunting a monster uh, in, in in monster territory. Um, and and yeah, it's it's fun. It is fun. Um if I come across something, it probably won't be as fun and hopefully I survive. But, um, there's a whole spiritual aspect to it all that I think I went on that tangent for, because I think it's important at times to lay that foundation as to like the real reason, you know, like it's like, so like pastors, right? Like pastors go to church on a Sunday, they do their preaching and, um, in the moment, especially if you're an extroverted pastor, and you're not one of these, these weird introverts that got called to be a pastor. Uh, but if like you're extroverted and stuff, you're up there, you're energized, you're having a good time. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun doing certain things with the job, but the underlying reason why it's all there is complete. It, it's, it's not about how you feel. It's about the calling that you, you've been called to do. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's kind of how I think me and my crew look at it. It's like, yeah, it's fun. Dude, we're a bunch of guys. We're married. We get to go out there, hunt monsters, you know, traveling the country, doing this. 
um, carrying around guns and film and being little Indiana Jones living out our childhood dreams. You know, like it's, it's just, it's just, it's just fun. It is. It's fun. But, um, we, we really want to catch stuff on footage. We really do. And, and, and I guess God will steer the ship as to how it all unfolds. But, uh, at the very basic level, it's to just show the world that when this stuff is, that this stuff is real. And when it pops up, how do Christians react in the environment? We pull yep. out our guns, we in them <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the saints of old duh. i'm saying man i like, mean saint patrick didn't go into ireland uh totally just unarmed i mean we were talking we had a whole prayer on a breastplate and, and swords and daggers going in yeah when we say uh, he, when we say that he rid the snakes in ireland we ain't talking about actual snakes okay <laughs> like let, let's just you know this is be you know realistic here I'm going to pull out a 10 millimeter off my hip and I'm going to aim for the head and we're just going to blow its head off. Just like in my show intro. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to reenactments here. Whoa. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. has to be done. It has yeah. to be done. But uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, uh, the, the shape of shadows, um, that's, I guess the underlying issue. I have a hard time and I, I keep talking and talking and talking here, but it, it's really, this is a good exercise for me because I don't get a chance to talk out how I feel a lot. You know, uh, nobody really, unless it's like this kind of environment, asks me how I feel about things. You know, I don't even have time to stop and think about it and verbalize it out sometimes. And it's good to be able to sit and talk with guys openly and just kind of voice how I feel inside, even if it's not coming out exactly because and I'm sure you probably experienced this too, where you feel something on the inside, you know, you know that the passion and desires and, and the feeling that you have but to express it in words is hard sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it takes the conversation, but I'm stuck behind a computer do, dealing with CEO email crap all day. And, you know, this person needs to get the funds moved over here and this needs to happen over there. And, oh, I got this interview at, 12 30 where i'm going to be talking to them about their stuff and not my stuff and then i got to wow. pick up the kid too and then i got to take them to karate and then i gotta go home and do dinner and then i gotta go hang out with the kids they don't want to hear you know it's just it's just yeah. um it just get you get busy you don't really get a chance to actually talk this stuff out and and uh there is a real uh a real spiritual component to why we do what we do and for the last like 30 minutes i probably have not accurately portrayed that but it's okay it's no, okay. no, I, I, I think that you have. I mean, I think you laying out, you know, this being a calling and and what that means and what that entails. It, it's it's like any calling in any ministry. I mean, you're still you you're still trying to reach an audience and, and to show them Christ and who He is and an example of Christ. You know. In the book of Luke, it says that Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. And he's still doing that today, and he's doing that through the church. And I'm not talking about four walls. I'm talking about the hands and feet. I'm talking about the body. And that body is made up of a whole lot of parts. And a lot of that happens in church every single Sunday. But it's like, you know, I say a lot, especially with my teens. You know, everybody here knows that I lead a, a teen ministry and, um, you know, lead in worship a whole lot and, and have recently over the last year or so have been, you know, delivering more messages and, and stuff like that. Um, 
because, you know, that's that's what I feel I'm called to do. I'm called to deliver the gospel in whatever area or arena that that I can that I'm that I'm able to. And, you know, this this podcast here, it's you know, we don't portray it and put it out there as, oh, well, this is a a Bible teaching Christian podcast. No, this is a podcast where we talk about a whole lot of weird stuff. And when the Bible or Jesus comes into that conversation, we're going to talk about it because it's all related. It's all spiritual at some level. It all comes back to this this spiritual warfare and, and this battle that we're in today. So you talking about your calling and, and you know, the guys that you have around you, their calling to come alongside you and to, to hunt monsters. It's to show it, it's the same thing as being able to stand up and preach a sermon on society and what kind of state that it is today and being able to relate that to, okay, well, this is what was going on in Jesus's time. It's not a whole lot different. It's the same kind of thing. That's that's the monsters in society. Well, these are real world monsters that people are witnessing, that people are having encounters with, that people are coming across on a, a day to day basis that are terrorizing them, their families, uh, you know, whole communities. What is this? Where is it coming from? And can we expose it? Can we capture it? Can we get some kind of documentation? And how do we expose it? And in that. How do we show that no matter how scary it is, it's it's footstooled by Christ? I also think too, Tony, which I, I want to interject, and I love the fact that you spent so much time essentially telling us why you're so passionate about this and why you felt called to do this and why you have you know this, this group of men around you that have the same like-minded um, ideas on these things because it shows the consumer of these products, right? The seriousness by which you're, you you take these things, and and that you, and that your boys take these things too, right? Because let's be honest, you start talking monsters and and things that go bump in the night. The common populace, for the most part, yeah, sure it's there or whatever, but it, it it's it's a smile and a gag or whatever. But no, no, there's some serious things that that happen, and there's some serious things that that that, that take place. And you guys are the serious people who are trying to un, unveil it and, and and explain it and capture it so that more people can understand that, hey, yeah, like, this is real. Like, there's some serious stuff that's going on. So I appreciate the fact that you, you're here pretty much just you know, <laughs> laying it out for us and telling us why you are so passionate about it and why you've got this column. Because it, it just reinforces just how serious you guys are and how serious this stuff is. We're very serious about it, you know, like <clears throat> you guys are catching me right now on this recording. Anybody listening who maybe knows me, um, I, I might sound tired because I really am, but I'm very passionate right now. Um, I, I, I and I, I just um, I'm just so grateful where we've come to my team, where God's brought us to. And um, and I really mean it passionately if this all falls apart because of me talking to Jesus too much, then so be it. I promise you, I'll sell off everything I have. I'll take what I have in, in, in monetary value and uh, I'll buy an acre of land somewhere. I'll pop a trailer on it and I'm going to farm and I'm going to disappear. That's just what it will be. I'll, I, I, at that point, I'll just start preaching on the street. I'll be the crazy guy in Knoxville, Tennessee, preaching on the street corners, going to church early on Sundays and farming with my pigs on my half acre with a trailer. Like, I, I, I can't express to you how much I mean that. 
my wife knows I mean it. I've told her millions of times. I constantly remind her, especially when we are driving around down here in Tennessee and we're driving by a nice, beautiful field. You see the Smokies in the background. There's a trailer sitting in the middle of it. I'm like, hey, that's your future home right there, babe. Like, <laughs> you know, because it's true. Like, and, 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 and I mean, I grew up in a trailer uh, with holes in the floor, possums crawling through in the middle of the night. Like, and I'm very okay going back to that and like at peace with it because I just don't care about anything else other than pleasing God. And so um, I'll, I'll say this and maybe we'll steer it back into um, topical conversation with this. Uh, probably not though. Um, so like we, you guys know Genesis six, right? I mean, fallen yeah. angels is it's like, it's like our go-to stuff in our weird community. It's like we're Christians and we were all about Genesis six and fallen angels. Ah! Uh, in the days of Noah, right? So um, we 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 talk about that in the days of Noah. So shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man, right? And then we look at Genesis six for that because that's where that's where the flood happens, Genesis six. Um, and so I just I gotta say this. I I, I just gotta say this. Um, this happened this past Sunday all over the country. There was a message given to pastors by God. And they all preached the same thing all over the country. Not all churches, but there were a lot of churches, a lot of pastors preaching the same message. And I know this because my pastor preached part of this message. And then I heard Mark Driscoll preaching this message on Sunday in depth. And then I told my pastor, I said, what are the odds that he speaks the same thing you spoke? I think that was a divinely inspired uh, message. And he goes, I think you're right, because two of my other pastor friends (laughs) preached the same thing. And uh, basically, I'm not going to preach it, but I, I'm just going to say um, the signs of the times that we're in. Uh, Genesis 6:11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. Okay, key word of that is violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God, this is talking about the nature of man here. So God said to Noah. I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. So this was Genesis. So it was written in Hebrew and the Hebrew word for violence was Hamas. And mm. in Genesis six thirteen, here where I just read, uh, so God said to Noah, I'm going to, I'm going to, God said, I'm going <laughs> to, I am going to put an end to all. We know God only speaks proper English, right? He doesn't do the well, Ebonics. Yeah. Old English, too. Old yeah. English. Thou <laughs> hast going to yeah, as let me, well. Let me, my, let me change my translation here. Don't get me started on translations, you guys who want to try picking holes at things. I can. Your whole translation argument is, is void, and I can poke it out of the sky in a second. Don't even try it. Uh, so uh, verse 13, it says, so God said to Noah, I'm going to I, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. That word filled is also um, the, the more accurate um, uh, verbiage, I guess, for that would be possessed. So if you change it to uh, all people for the earth is possessed with a Hamas spirit because of them. All of a sudden, we're looking at the days of Noah, our current times, and what we have going on today. And it's it's now Hamas is not a terrorist organization as much as it is a demonic spirit of violence. 
and uh, and and an organization of people a group of people adopting that demonic spirit of violence as their own name and so this is just prophecy fulfilled in my mind um so with that said i just i figured genesis 6 nephilim somehow we could squeak that in there so all right now let's go to skinwalker ranch (laughs) (laughs) yeah man yeah well you know uh, it's it's Real quick before we, I told you said maybe not. <laughs> Real quick before we do get to uh, the Utah Basin, I forgot what I was going to say. Hey, that's hey, oh no no no, I remember, I remember. It's like you said earlier. There's a lot of people being, whatever you want to call it, called by God, or, or you know, just things start happening that start looking like they're ordained by God over a certain amount, a, a period of time. And I know that I've been a, a fan and, and have taken in a whole lot of podcasts for quite a few years. And for a long time before I ever started podcasting and no other time have I seen so many people. And I'm not saying there weren't other Christian podcasters out there, or this or that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, there's that we're something special or whatever. I mean, we are pretty yeah. special, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that Tony said it, but what I'm saying is right now, it seems like there are a lot of guys, a lot of believers and followers of Jesus Christ that are coming together. And just like you said, for years, you know, it was kind of a, a tiptoe and walking on eggshells thing with your faith. And uh, I don't really want to talk about this, but, but now you're bold. Well, we speak boldly on here. You know, Lance and I speak pretty boldly. Ryan, Ryan will tell you he's shooting for purgatory at best. You know, that's that's what he's going for. <laughs> but you have a whole lot of guys in this field that that are becoming really bold now. Yeah. And I think it's for a reason. I think that that's for a reason. I think that we are being called with everything that's going on in the world to use the platform that let's face, I mean, God gave it to us anyway. I mean, if, if he didn't want us to have this, these podcasts, we wouldn't have it. So to be able to use the platform that we have to make Jesus known, to make to, to present the gospel, the gospel in its fullness, not just a, Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus, but for people to deliver it, for people to understand what the gospel is and what that means. And, and to know that, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you can be saved, you know, to, to know these things and to be able to, to see guys and understand that we're relatable people. We can have a good time. You know, we we don't have to be the miserable Christian sitting over in the corner. You know, we're, we're out hunting monsters. We're on here cracking jokes about what's going on and having a good time and laughing and cutting up and, and relating to people and I think that it's really important in the time that it's going on right now. I think that it's huge that so many men of Christ are stepping up and stepping out and proclaiming the gospel boldly. I think that's huge. Now, we can get in the Utah Basin if you want to. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Hey, uh, before we get into you went to Basin, uh, no, but seriously, though, um, we do need to schedule a time to to go on this uh, journey because I gotta see the rock. I gotta see oh, the rock. Oh, dude. Oh, a oh a. 
I've been saving this for tonight too. I almost forgot. I'm glad you mentioned. You got some more stuff to find, Tony. Oh, 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 oh! Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Is it? Is, do you guys want to come on my show and tell me on my show? Maybe we can. Yeah. Is there? Is there enough to talk about? <laughs> Are you kidding? You know who we're, you know who you're talking to. Okay. <laughs> listen, just let, we can don't, we can make drywall sound interesting for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we just did right <laughs> so they're like we don't even know what these guys are talking about they say something about the bible then skinwalker ranch and back to the bible they don't, they don't know what they're saying <laughs> so, um but uh somebody was blessed i'm sure um no but yeah i i mean don't give me details right now because i want to have you on my show tell me okay. like, if you're gonna do something juicy i want to record it for my show because then we can throw light back on you good that sounds like a plan and also really quickly it's not related, and we can talk about it more there, but I'm pretty sure I found the cemetery. Oh, yeah. Love it. Let's go. All right. Skinwalker right. Ranch. You and Tall Basin. Skinwalker Ranch. Space yeah. Wolf Research. Shape mm-hmm. of Shadows. Let's go. Okay. All right. So, uh, what I will say is it all started with an episode of my show, like these films do, at least to this point. I'm not. I'm not opposed to going to places that haven't been on my show yet but i mean i have such a a database to draw from why not you know and so episode 202 of the confessionals we had ryan on the show and he talked about uh this time where he was out in utah and he got nabbed by a skinwalker he was driving down the road he thought he saw an elderly person uh walking down the road and uh, he pulled over to see if they need to help they get in the car and that's the last thing he remembers next thing he knows he's hanging out of his truck uh unconscious and calling well he comes back to it then he calls the police he didn't do it unconscious well, he could have maybe who knows but uh he, he calls the police and the uh the native police uh, what's it called the tribal police uh they come out and he tells them what happens and they said that he was nabbed by a skinwalker and that's when he was just like uh, what's a what what's a skinwalker and they they uh i guess they probably didn't tell him a whole lot but he started doing a whole bunch of research and found out about this place called skinwalker ranch and you know just um it kind of it kind of captivated him you know and and that's that's something that happens to a lot of people with this stuff so there it's it's like a lot of extremes you have people who have experiences whether it's a skinwalker or a, a bigfoot people have something that they weren't expecting happening to them and they extremely jump into the topic and they're all in all the way. And all they want to do is research it, read about it, watch documentaries, watch pot or listen to podcasts, all of it. They just all the time they're on, 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 on because they're trying to figure out what happened to them. And then there's other people who this kind of stuff happens to, and they go the other extreme where they ignore it. They pretend it didn't happen to them. Uh, it's a very interesting psychological thing, but for Ryan, it was the extreme of diving in. And, um, he somehow convinced his wife to buy a property that bordered Skinwalker Ranch and he doesn't live in Utah. (laughs) He doesn't even live in Utah. (laughs) And so he's just like, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And he continues to do it because after we left, he expanded the property by 10 acres. So, uh, he's continuing to purchase land and expand things and, and grow the property uh all in the name of space wolf research that's what he named the property um i asked him why he named it space wolf research and he said simply because 
of the sheer amount of UFOs and upright walking dogs that are seen in there. And he's like, well, you're going to call it space wolf research. Um, makes like, sense to me. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and uh, it's such a great name. Like, um, what was I working on? Uh, I forget what I was working on, but I was trying to think of a name for something. I just kept on coming back to this idea of space wolf. I'm like, that's already taken. And then, and then it's like five minutes later, I'm like, I got it. Space wolf. Idiot. Stop. You know, <laughs> like I just, it's just such a good name. It's so much fun. It's marketable. Like you, you have like 10 billion uh, logos for in your head floating around at all times. Uh, and it, it's just such a good, good name, but he named this property space wolf research. And the whole idea with it butting up against skinwalker ranch is that he would get action on that property like space or like skinwalker ranch does. And he was not wrong. Uh, he has had portals open up on the property. He has that on his CCTV cameras. Um, they've had bizarre lightning strikes on the property, uh, upright walking dogs, uh, sometimes more than one at a time. In fact, the, the one time he had a, I think it was his first, uh, caretaker. So he, there's a, there's a little tiny house on the property, right at the entrance to the property. And, uh, his first caretaker, I believe had this experience where, he had a visitor over one night and they were inside and they hear some noise outside and they go out and they see these three, I believe it was three upright walking dogs standing behind a fence. And then they just stepped over the fence. That's how tall these things were. And, uh, they unloaded on them. They shot at them, didn't do anything to them. Uh, I, I always, whenever I start telling this story, I always get to this point And I remember what I remembered last time I told a story, which was, I really got to look up how that story ends. Because I forget, I, I always forget how the story ends. And I'm like, next time I tell that story, I got to know how it actually ends so I, I can tell that story. Fully. <laughs> <laughs> but I always forget. But um, it, that story did spawn his rule on the property, which was no guns. Um, he doesn't want any guns on the property. And I think he might be moving away from that because of his own understanding as to what's going on here. I don't think he's in the same mindset he was, once was when he first started having the property. But back then it was no guns because he wanted whatever this stuff was to feel safe on his property. He didn't want them to go around it. He wanted them to go through it. He wanted them to live on it. <clears throat> he wanted them to be there. Uh, he wanted to document it. And so um, when we went out there, he told me no guns. And I was like, Dang it, Ryan. Dang it, dang it, dang it. Uh, didn't you see Expedition Dog, man? <laughs> like, now, we, this is going to be a problem. Yeah, um, Joel may not be okay with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joel definitely was not happy. Uh, none of us were. Um, Ward wasn't happy. Ward, Ward and I, I don't know how Joel is on his day-to-day -day life, but I know me and Ward, we carry it all the time. Yeah. All the time. And, uh, and so to to do this endeavor not caring was was a little eh, but we did it. And uh, you know, we came out alive, but I don't know if we'll do that again. So <laughs> uh, you know, but um we went out there and we, we before we even got out there, Ryan called me like the week before and said that he had activity on the property. And at first I was thinking, like, all right, dog man, you know, Bigfoot, portal, something. And it was something that I just didn't expect. It was this this container that he has on the property. It was like 40 feet long. And it just lifted up, rotated 90 degrees, moved down like 10, 15 feet, and then just plopped down the ground. And uh, 
there was no sign of anybody moving it at all. I, uh, we got, so he tells me that. And then Joseph and Christian got out there before me and the team did the rest of the team. And, uh, they were investigating the property and they, they told us on the phone that when this thing lifted up, there were, there were about four inch rocks underneath. Not a lot. Most of it was like smaller rocks, but there were some bigger rocks and those bigger rocks were scraped on the top, but they were still sitting in the little hole that they were sitting. And you know how like when rocks sit there for a long period of time, it kind of creates that divot. They're still in that divot, but the tops were scraped. So it, it was like this, this container lifted just enough to clear them and scrape the top, but not move the rocks. So it just scraped them. And, um, and then it's just like, well, what is that? You know, is that, is that UFO? Is that aliens? Is that Nephilim? You know, cause the, the legends of the, the giants in that area from, you know, hundreds of years ago, very strong, very rich legends and lore. Uh, what, what the heck was able to do that? You know, we called around and there was nobody that rented out any equipment for that area. So, um, it's still a perplexing mystery. Nobody really knows. I, I don't even know if he ever moved the trailer back to his original spot yet. Uh, I imagine he, he might have by now. I don't know. Um, but that was all before we got out there and I was just like, man. And then, and also on the same phone call, we got Joseph and Christian caught a UFO in broad daylight. They, uh, they had the, the, the binoculars on a tripod just to look in broad daylight across the valley. And just as Christian decides to put his camera or his uh, phone up to the binoculars to just capture video, this UFO, it was a big white object. Joseph saw it with his naked eye drop vertically straight down out of the sky, go horizontally across, and then vertically straight back up. And when it went horizontally across, we actually caught that on video because Christian had just put his camera up to the binoculars. Now you that you can say, man, that's a lot of luck right there. Uh, I don't know if it was luck. It felt it, looking back on it in the moment. There's no analyzation going on in the moment. Okay, like none of us are scientists. None of us are super genius people. We're just living in the moment, experiencing things. Looking back on it, with all the stuff that we experienced that week. It doesn't feel like it was random. It was. It feels like it was the. Um, it was the beginning of the welcoming party. You know, yeah. it was. It was like the. It was like the first bits of confetti falling from the sky. You know, it's just like, oh, here's something. Uh, you know, and just, you know, something's happening, but you just don't know yet. And all of a sudden, it's like boom, because that's what happened to us our first night. Like it just exploded. It's almost uh, like it's almost like the phenomenon was saying, "Okay, we see you, we see you, we know we know you're here, we know what you're doing." Yeah, it's like it's like they knew we were coming, you know. It, it, it's I don't know because I mean our our whole our whole goal with this stuff is to just exist in these environments and see what happens. You know, like this next film, we have some plans to do experiments. Uh, more so because we came across somebody that believes they invented a machine that can open a portal. So I'm like, well, we got to try that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was uh, like, yeah. I was like, so when are you coming out, buddy? Because you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do, do I expect it to work 
No, I don't expect it to work. Uh, he said that he can guarantee it's going to change the environment. Okay, you know, we'll see how that... I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, this 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 next film is going to be probably the, the most active we were it, with uh, what we're doing. But we're not we're not doing any spirit boxes or Ouija boards. We're just kind of seeing what's up, you know. And so, like when we went out there, that's just what we're, our intent was. And then just things unfolded around us. And I don't, I don't know if that's that's I don't know if that's um, just uh, by chance happened, you know. Like, uh, how many times do people go out in that area and exist for a week, whether they live out there or whatever, and they don't experience anything? We had a lot happen, and it wasn't even. And now that I think about it, I think it was four four days. I don't even think it was five days. It might have been five days, but I think it was four days that we spent out there. And so it just, I don't know. It just felt like looking back, it seems like something was aware of us as much as we were aware of it. Um, the first day we get out there, uh, we go walking around the property to explore, and uh, that's when we found the trackway. And that trackway kind of, I think in the film, kind of carried out into the middle of the film, uh, the way it was edited together. We found it on the first day. And I think it was multiple days we went back down there with different people showing them what we found to see what their opinion was. And um, I think in the film, Ward did a good job flashing back and forth between Johnny and Bo as we showed them and let it unfold. Um but in reality, I mean, we spent hours down there with each person, you know, like we were down there for a long time. And uh, this trackway that we found, though, it, it it was it was bizarre, man. It was bizarre. And in the moment, you kind of want to just you, you're out there, you're having fun, you know, you're having fun. And you're like, man, look at this. It's crazy. But then you sit back and you're like, there's got to be like a logical explanation here. You know, like once you find it, you calm down. You're like, okay, so what's the truth here? Like, you know, like what what is this? And I'm telling you, man, like I I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. I, it it was human tracks that transformed into horse tracks. There was clear hooves. It was uh, very saturated ground when these marks were made because the human prints were three four inches deep from my re recollection. And so were the horse tracks. And so you know it was really muddy when these things were made. It was dry when we were there. This is the desert, so it probably dries up really quick. Um, but my thought process was, my logical side, I was like, okay, so this had to be somebody that had a horse and hopped up on the horse, and that's why their feet disappeared. And that that just doesn't make sense when you start thinking about, well, where was the horse when the when the human prints were, <laughs> were yeah. being met. No, it's just like you would see the horse, right? Like, I, I, I and I, I would assume you would see the, <laughs> like, the horse is going to be heavier than the person. So when you see the person tracks and going down this narrow pathway, you should see the horse prints. And that's not the case. All of a sudden, you see the horse prints when the human prints disappear. And uh, that kind of worried Johnny a lot. I could tell Johnny was, John, so Johnny, um, Bo was the kind of person that he seemed like he was on edge most of the time. Uh, very kind, but very just like, whoa, you know, just like, let's, uh, let's just be aware 24 seven. And Johnny's like that too. Only Johnny is much more, 
uh, talky, charismatic, you know, just like, oh, we're talking, you know, yeah, this stuff's real and stuff. But when that happened, when we found the ritual circle, his whole attitude was just like, whoa, pull back, pull back. He, you could tell like he just kind of wanted to leave. Um, and uh, when we showed him the tracks, he's just like looking at it. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, so what do you, what do you think? I mean, you know, are we just crazy? And he's like, nope, these are... These are definitely uh, transforming tracks. And uh, and then given the fact that we had found a ritual circle that night. So the, that day we found the the trackway. And then at night, Ward, Ward and me, man, like, I don't even know. I wonder if we would have ever even found those, that, that ritual circle, if we didn't go down there that night to post game trail cams. Because, so like we're like we're getting better, but that was our second film, and we weren't the most organized with the whole process. Um, and so it was it wasn't until nighttime that I I remembered I'm like oh I I have uh, game trail cams, <laughs> we should probably put those up right guys and like yeah yeah that's, that's a good idea Tony I'm like cool, <laughs> so who's gonna come with me because it's dark out I'm scared and uh, Ward is like. I'll come, I'll come, and I'll take care of you. Don't worry. You know, Ward's like super security, right? Jiu-jitsu master, ninjitsu, taekwondo. Like he's just like probably uh, still had a gun, even though he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, yeah, like like he quoting scripture in Hebrew on the way. He's like he's like he's like I don't no gun, no problem. I'll just carry bullets and I'll flick the bullet and it'll fly. You know, like he's <laughs> like, how you like that? You know? <laughs> and so I, I just, I say all that to say, I feel very safe with Ward around. And so <laughs> uh, I was like, Ward, you're coming, right? Yep. He's coming. So uh, he doesn't bring a camera because, uh, well, I don't know, probably the organizational part of it. Right. And uh, so <laughs> our cameraman is not carrying a camera. Uh, <laughs> but he did have a pocket full of bullets. He did have a pocket full of bullets and, you know, <laughs> guns on his shoulders. And so, uh, uh, anyways, so he he comes down with me. I think it's because he has a black magic and his black magic isn't great in low light. So what's the point of bringing it, right? Um, so we go down there and we're, we're down by the, the trackway that we found. And we're trying to find a way to rig a camera up around that. And... Um, I see across a creek, there's a tree, like one of those dead trees by itself. And I'm like, that would be a perfect spot. And probably hindsight, probably not because if like you're trying to hide a camera, like it was like a tree by itself and it was dead. There's no foliage or anything on it. So it's like, hey, let's slap a mechanical device right on that facing the trail. Nobody's going to see that. And so, <laughs> but you know, organization. So uh, we we go and we hop the creek and we go over there and we start trying to uh, rig this camera. And, you know, I, before this is the same thing that happened in the first film. Before I, I went to go take the camera down in the first film, I scanned behind me. And then before I put the camera up on this film, I scanned behind me. And uh, I, I look behind me and there's Ward probably, probably like 20 feet away. I have the, like, the mental image in my head and it's like I can see his full body. He's probably standing about 20 feet away. And so, like, it's about 20 feet away, and he's looking down at the ground. It's, like, weird, man. Like, I don't know how... If I didn't know it was Ward, I would be concerned. Because, I, it, like, he looked like he was possessed. Okay? Like, like seriously. Imagine 
you're in the desert. It's completely pitch black out. All you got is the moonlight shining down. So you have some light. And you got Ward in like black pants or whatever he was wearing. And he's wearing a hoodie because it's really cold out. It was like 90 some degrees and it would drop down to the 40s. And he has his back towards me 20 feet away. Head looking down like this. His head's just like draped down like he's staring at his feet. Hands in his hoodie pocket. Standing erect. Not moving. Not saying anything. And if it wasn't Ward, I'd be like, oh my gosh, the skinwalker got him. Skinwalker got him. Get my iPhone out. This is my chance to get famous. Give it the duck lips. You know, like, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Uh, but I knew he wasn't possessed. But I'm looking at him, and, I, and I, then I look down at the ground where he's looking, and there's a skull on the ground, like a, like a cow's skull. And that's all I saw. And I just said to him, is that, is that what I think it is? And he goes, yep. And um, I was like, oh, cool. You know, I uh, figured we'd take this cow skull up and show the guys and uh, all that. I hang the camera up. I walk over to him and it was a ritual circle made of bones. Multiple. If I remember, there was a skull on each side of the circle. And then there was bones going around. There's a bowl inside with like uh, coins and tobacco. Uh, it was it was a used circle. And I was like, man, it, it like made your skin crawl. It made your skin crawl. And so um, we took pictures with his phone. I don't think I even had my phone, but he took pictures with his phone. And uh, it was, you know, th- these these newer cameras, they they do the good low light stuff. And so you really what you see in the what you see in the film is pictures from his phone initially and uh, took great pictures. But uh, we go up and we start showing the guys. And I remember when I was walking up to the camp, I was almost, I was so captivated by the moment of what we just found that I was irritated with my team for talking around a campfire as I approached. Like, I just wanted them to be shut up and waiting for, waiting for me to come and say something important. Like, I was, I was <laughs> like, like, I'm walking up and, and <laughs> I've never said this. I've never said this before. But uh, I'm, I'm walking up to the campfire and they're all talking and chuckling. I hear my stupid brother laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you guys need to shut your freaking mouths. I have something important to say, you know? <laughs> like, like, I just wanted to have this, like, this memory of walking up and having this great dramatic moment of just like, guys, look what we found. <laughs> And it wasn't like that. The guys were like, ah, you know, yeah, I was in you know, this, that, and the other talking about stupid crap that have nothing to do with anything. And I got to be like, guys, I need to talk to you. Okay, one second. No, I need to talk to you. Shut your freaking mouths, you know? <laughs> and, and, and like, in true Ron Burgundy fashion. <laughs> that's how I felt. I don't think it played out that way, but that's how I felt. I was almost like insulted. Like, how dare you guys be talking about, like, I felt like Jesus felt when he walked to the disciples after he was done praying and they fell asleep. I was like, guys, I told you. <laughs> be focused and so uh anyways i uh i got them focused in and i started we started telling them what we we found and we showed them the pictures and uh they all had the same reaction they were just like this is crazy uh and i forget who had the phone in their hand but i think it was christian who was just like look on the mesa or something And and we all like jerk our heads half of us broke our necks and uh we're staring across this valley at the Mesa and there is this light shooting up in the sky and like 
every time I describe this, I go down the same road with people because I, I want to, them to understand how weird it was. When you're, I haven't seen this in years. So uh, I, I, I described this as when we were kids. They might still do it. I don't know. But when I was a kid, riding home at night from my grandparents' house or something like that, we're driving down the highway in my parents' car I'm in the back seat, and you have your head against the window. It's winter out. It's nice and cold. You're looking up in the stars. You're seeing the stars. Clear night. And all of a sudden, you see this beam of light up in the sky, and it's going around in a circle. And you're like, we got to go and see where the light's at. You know, like, and that, that's the whole point back then, right? Like, it's like there's some, like some car dealerships having a sale, right? And they're shooting this beam <laughs> in the sky. And like, I, like the curiosity, the curiosity was like, I, I just got to go and see where this light leads me. You know, my dad never took us, but you know, uh, <laughs> I don't have any grudges about it though. Uh, so we, uh, we, we're looking at this light shooting up in the sky and it's like that only not that we're, it wasn't as strong of a beam and the beam wasn't as narrow as what I just described, what I saw when I was a kid, this beam, it had to be at least 50 feet wide from the ground. I don't know what it was. I don't know what would make that kind of wide light projection into the sky, but it was, and it wasn't a light beam that, that I would say shot up like a mile into the sky or really high. It was like this glowing beam that probably was about 50 feet, at least 50 feet wide. I might be drastically underestimating, uh, but let's just say at least 50 feet wide and maybe went up two, 300 feet into the sky, maybe, if that. And it faded as it got higher. I don't know what this this light was, but um, somebody got a picture of it with their phone. Maybe it was my phone, I don't remember, but uh, one of the, the low light cameras, maybe it was the Sony that we had, but we got a picture of it. And we were able to really kind of show people in the film that that light. And what was interesting about that light is just like a couple months ago, I was uh, down down in my basement down here and we were, or I was watching some Netflix and uh, I was watching the Skinwalker Ranch show and they had the same thing on the show. They showed this light beam. And I was like, that's freaking what we saw. And I don't know if they saw it the same night or if this is a common thing. I don't know. But uh, that light kicks off right as we were showing the, the ritual circle to the team, when that light kicked off, that sky lit up with bunches of stuff, bunches of stuff. And Joel just got beside himself. Joel was like a, like a kid uh, on Christmas day, getting everything on his list, like everything he was excited. And he, and it was just like, I don't think I've ever seen Joel that excited to be honest with you. I mean, he was, he was just, beside himself and uh he and he's the one that saw so much because he was he was so focused in on what was going on in the sky especially in specific locations and he's like they're changing shapes they're they're going different directions and they're changing colors and and i was able to catch some of it uh, and i had a night camera going or night vision camera going so it wasn't like catching the colors but we were able to catch your stuff in the sky and that lasted for like two hours you know, and, um, and you know, that, that's, that's something that like, that's hard, right? Like that's like, you have all that activity and you know, you can't put two hours of that into the film. How, yeah. how do you, how do you convey to people the action you experienced without putting up? Cause then it becomes a YouTube video, right? Like that's what YouTube videos are. It's a five hour footage of you walking in the woods for five hours. <laughs> you know? yeah. So like, 
how do, how do you do that? I, I that's why it's not my job. That's I'm not the editor, you know. So uh, not my problem. Just figure it out and make it look good, guys. So um, that night was just it was wild, and that was our most action packed night for hands down uh, as far as paranormal goes. Um, we. I, I, I mean, that was our first night. We found a ritual circle during the day. We found the trackways, the lights in the sky lit up for hours. I mean, you're thinking, holy crap, like we are in for it, boys. Like we were, I mean, I, we were like, yo, we're going to be freaking, we're going to be catching dog, man, Bigfoot portals, like everything. I was like, I, we were getting the, uh, the ropes together to tie around Joel to toss him down in the portal. Like we were, we were ready, man. Like, like he is our portal jumper and we were ready to throw him in like no regrets uh and and unfortunately that first night was the the most action-packed but there was a lot of other things we we accomplished that week um that we were able to show people and then the last night the last night we had this feeling like we're like this is gonna be a good night like it just felt like you could feel it you could taste it it was there you were like oh this is going to be a good night. Like you just could feel it coming. And I think we all felt that energy, but the energy was misguided because I think what we were feeling was what was going to happen with the car chase. Um, Cause uh, that story that ruined our freaking night. We, we were really geared up for a paranormal night and then the human element happened we were driving back from like Walmart or something like that. And, uh, Joseph had stayed behind and he, Joseph's the producer. Okay. So like he's in the film because of how we, how we shoot our films. It's very running gun. If you're in, if you're in the shot, you're in the shot kind of thing. And so even though he's, he's the producer, he's in the film, but, uh, when it comes to, you know, going out for errands and stuff. He's like, ah, you guys go have fun. I'm going to stay in my truck and I'm going to uh, make notes and, you know, go over receipts. And so, uh, you know, real fun stuff. And so he was staying back at the, uh, at the campsite by himself. And we, we were on our way back and we pull into the property and we just passed the caretaker's house when Joel goes, Hey, Tony, stop the, stop the car for a second. And, and you guys know Joel. So like, he doesn't say it like, like if it was me, I'd be like, yo, yo, stop there, stop, 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 stop. You know, like I'm like all oh, hype, you know, Puerto Rican. And uh he's like, he's like, hey uh Tony, uh stop the car for a second. <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right, you know, I stop the car and he gets out and you're thinking he's gonna peel my car tire or something like that, you know. And he just stands there and I'm like, What's going on, buddy? And uh he gets back in and and in only the Joel way, he's like, Yeah, um, we were driving down the road and I, I saw this car pull out behind us. And when they pulled out behind us, then they turned on the lights and they followed us. And when we turned into the parking lot or into the driveway here, uh, I looked behind us and I saw the car. It stopped on the road and the guy just stared at us. Then I got out of the car and looked back at him. And then he just looked at me and took off in that Joel tone. Like, yeah. it's just like, as a matter of fact, yeah, real gentle and stuff. Like, yep, that happened. Yep, that happened. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, Let's go cowboy boys. And uh we we whipped that thing around and we flew out of the gate and we started chasing after this car. Like who knows like at at that point like who really knows what what that was, right? Like we could have been ta- deciding to chase after somebody who was just like a local being like, "Huh, I didn't know anybody lived there." 
you know? <laughs> and we're like, hey, get back here, you know, and uh, going all crazy. But then that car took off like 90 miles an hour down the road. And we're like, okay, yeah, they're definitely trying to get away from us. And my, my stupid forerunner, like, I think that thing had a problem or something because it didn't really have much juice to begin with. And then I had like five guys in the car and no burgers. And I was like, man, this sucks. And so like it was not running. And so I, I'm going like 70 down these dirt roads and I just can't keep up. But in that process, again, this is the desert. There's a lot of side roads, a lot of dirt roads. You really don't see everything. But in that process, two vehicles pulled out behind us and kept up on us. Like I'm going 70, can't keep up with the car in front of me, but these two vehicles are keeping up with us. And we're like, okay, this is Ward, get your camera out. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. <know>? It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's probably all, the only thing I'd say is they saw we had a camera and like, Oh crap. You know, but um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're, we get this straight away and I could see way up in the distance, that car we were trying to chase turns off onto this main road, like with a lot of traffic. And uh, we finally get up there, you know, putting pop, 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 you know, <laughs> just like this thing is not moving. And uh, at some point I, I, we lost one of the vehicles. One of the vehicles was gone because I only remember one other vehicle going around the forerunner. And I believe that from what I remember seeing, it was a side by side. It was like an off off road vehicle, uh, which is really a shame that a side by side could keep up with a forerunner. <laughs> but that's another story. Hey, <laughs> some of those side by sides are mean, son. Those Can Am um, twin turbo. I'm saying, man. Like, I, well, I tell you what. After I I got off this trip, shortly after I got off the trip, um, I traded that forerunner in for <laughs> for a vehicle that had a turbo on it because <laughs> nice <laughs> move. No, actually, my wife hated that thing, so I had to get rid of it, or she would have divorced me, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that and we've got to be able to catch people in the desert. When yeah, stopped. So, like it, that, and I'm gonna be honest with you, that vibe was like more for me than her. Like it was her vehicle, right? I had my truck, but I got I got her a Forerunner that had off road tires and all this other cool stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a great family car. My wife will love this. <laughs> it was more for me. It's that, It's like Al Bundy buying Peg a bowling ball for her birthday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I uh, she, she called me one day mad about the vehicle. And I was like, okay. So I went and traded it in and got a uh, uh, an Explorer. So it's more more family friendly i guess but anyways uh back to the story of the desert so uh, the, the vehicle goes around us and we're like okay so the chase is over we're gonna go back and on the way back joseph calls us and he said hey where are you guys at and we tell him what happened and he's like well i saw you guys pull in and stop and then you turn around and left uh he said after we left so now we're on the the cowboy chase with other vehicles chasing us and during that period a fourth car comes into the equation because there's another car that comes down the road, turns into the gate of the property, goes past the caretaker's house, goes, starts going down the hill, down this uh, dirt hill towards our camp in the back of the property. And uh, Joseph sees this. He gets his flashlight out and, and flashes his flashlight at the car real fast. And it just stops, turns around and leaves. And uh, so we don't know exactly what happened that night. We don't know if, 
if we were set up, if they knew we were, we would chase them, we don't know if they're like, my lord, these guys are chasing us. Hey, Billy, why don't you go on in, there, in that camp right there and get yourself some computers and hard drives, and why don't you throw their phones in some water bottles? You know, like I don't know what I I, I feel like it was a, a situation where they somebody called somebody and it's like, hey, this is a great opportunity for you to go to the camp and figure out what these guys are doing or take their stuff or smash their windows. I don't know. Uh, all I know is I personally believe there are four vehicles involved with us that night. Uh, at least two, meaning the one we were chasing and the one that came in after we left. The ones that were chasing us, maybe they were locals just driving really fast and thinking, these guys don't know these roads because you can easily go 90 and when they're only going 70 on these dirt roads, idiots, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that was our last night. It kind of put a damper on things. Uh, at one point when we were all back, we thought we saw somebody run down the hill behind the shed into the woods. And so that kind of put us on edge for the rest of the night. You know, like we really couldn't look at the sky. We were kind of like worried that somebody was going to come in or multiple people. And so, and of course, Ryan and his stupid no gun policy. So there's that. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm just feeling naked. So, um, yeah, that was the film, guys. I mean, it that that was some of the action stuff that happened in it, um, and it was it was a blast. I I can tell you that we have shot a film in Washington since then. It hasn't been released yet, and we're shooting our fourth documentary later this month. And so far, I believe out of the three that we've shot, everyone has gotten better than the previous one. Um, the Shape of Shadows is definitely better than Expedition Dogman. And I think Expedition Dogman was good for a first film. You know, like we, I, I spent, and I didn't have a budget for it. I just spent money on it until I could pull it off kind of thing. And I spent about $5,000 on Expedition Dogman, which in filmmaking is like, you know, couch coins like yeah. that's nothing. uh and then for the shape of shadows i think the, the shape of shadows was way better than expedition dogman because of all the action we were able to catch on camera and um that was not much better of a budget because my wife is like yo you're gonna keep you know just spending all our money on these films <laughs> you know <laughs> and so but i i did up it and i i wound up spending like uh, the budget for that was ten thousand dollars and um you know you, you spend twice as much and you can manufacture all the evidence you want no i'm just kidding guys i'm kidding <laughs> I'm kidding kidding jeez relax say like, i knew it you just admitted it <laughs> uh but um you know so like it's not like these are high budget films but for what they are they're good films and and i and i'm i'm fine saying that i'm one of the most realistic people in the room with what i create uh Anybody who wants to criticize me on my podcast, you're not going to say anything to me that I didn't think of already, you know? And so uh, I'm very aware of my shortcomings. And these films, though they're not blockbuster hits, they are very good films, especially for a new independent film company, uh, Merkel Media. I don't, th I don't even think I mentioned that before on this. <laughs> so I'm the CEO of Merkel Media. I think <laughs> it's in the intro. It's in the intro. Fantastic intro that you're going to email over to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I mean, this is, uh, the, just the beginning, just the beginning, because, uh, like I said, we're going to shoot our fourth film. 
our fourth documentary in uh i don't even know what to call these are they films are they documentaries uh, what are we do- i guess we're documenting our journey i mean i would call them documentaries i, I think it's it's a it's a documentary of a you're documenting the land and the area and the events and the people and the you know uh, with okay. you and tall base and the medicine that that is used and practiced yeah i'd say documentary yeah okay so this, we're gonna shoot our fourth documentary we shot a movie this summer that hasn't been out yet. So that's Sasquologist. Um, that'll be out in 2024. We're game planning our second movie, which I'm not going to tell right now because I don't think I'm allowed to, to be honest with you. Um, I'm Listen, yeah, my name's on the company, but there's a whole team of people that I, I, I work with. And there's a reason for that because, uh, you know. Because Tony I'm, likes to talk. Yeah, and I'm a former truck driver, so I really don't know what the heck I'm doing, okay? so, <laughs> <laughs> um, But we are working on a, another movie that if we pull off, could possibly be uh, outright legendary. And I, I deeply mean that. And so, um, but The Sasquologist is going to be released in 2024. And basically, The Sasquologist is a movie where we have, uh, based off of the patterson Gimlin film, uh, Patty, the storyline is that Patty's offspring migrated east to the Colorado Rockies. And there's a biologist in the Colorado Rockies who is tracking down her offspring and trying to prove Bigfoot's real, you know? Um, I think there's a nod to John Bendernagel with this concept. Uh, he passed away, I'd say, three or four years ago. But uh, he was really cool to have in the community because he was a career biologist career scientist that gave real credit to this stuff um so it's about this biologist who is trying to track down her offspring and in the process uh in this storyline uh he comes across this kid young kid so the biologist is in his 50s this young kid's probably like 19 20 years old if that and uh, he's trying to hunt down bigfoot as well but this kid is like woo woo to the max. Like he's like Tony. Like he's he's like the he's the rep- representation of me in the movie. <laughs> and uh, he, you know he's just you know Bigfoot's an interdimensional being, right? You know, like that's just the way it is. Uh, and so they clash, you know, and it, the concepts clash. He wants nothing to do with this kid. And the kid's like, just c- let me come with you. And he's just like, no, get away from me, you weird freak. And uh, over time, he eventually. Uh, convinces the biologist to let him come with and then that's that's the next stage of the film where you see these two kind of coming together and working together with very different perspectives and arguing about it all the time it's a very nasty relationship they have with each other Uh, but in that storm and struggle of their relationship uh, there's beauty that's drawn out because you find out that they both have a lot of hurts from their past that bring them together uh and then they have some wicked experiences one night. Um, this is not a film where you're going to have Bigfoot biting people's legs off. It's not going to be blood and guts, gore, all that. It's very strip story driven. It's funny. It's a comedy. Uh, and I think that we need more funny in this field. And uh, I that's something that Joseph always says, and I agree with him. Uh, there's this this field that we're in, the cryptids and paranormal. It's filled with a lot of people who want to be right about everything and take themselves way too serious. And you can take these topics serious and still enjoy your life, you know? And so 
that's kind of like what we're approaching with what we do. We're trying to just show a different side of everything to people, whether it's our faith or just relax a little bit. You know, it's it doesn't have to be team ape versus team woo woo, you know, live or die. It can be just fun. Let's enjoy ourselves. You know, um, none of y'all proved Bigfoot exists and probably none of y'all will. There'll be some goof with a with a N- Nikon camera, you know, that <laughs> yeah. somehow it's like undeniable Bigfoot's real. And this guy's like, what's a Bigfoot? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like all these people that are just like, you know, ah, this is my area. What are you doing researching my area? Bro, chill. Yeah. Is your name on the property? If not, chill, bro. <laughs> you know? And so uh, we're trying to kind of make it more relaxed and stuff. So the, the Sasquatch is just that. And I think people are going to enjoy it. And it's Merkel Media's first movie, which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, a very huge accomplishment. So, um, yeah, we're trying to just do a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that we're, we we haven't done yet that we'd like to do. Kids cartoons. Uh, I really would like to come out with a kids cartoon series before my kids are past the stage of wanting to watch cartoons, you know? Um, because right now, like, you know, I, I don't expect my kids to understand everything that I do, but you know, a little bit of, wow, that's cool, dad, would be great. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, I mean, literally, the only time I can recall my son being impressed with me was I was on somebody's show and it popped up on my YouTube stream. And so I hit play on it just to see, like, how it turned out, you know, because like, I'm always thinking, like, you know, what's my audio sound like, you know, and it's never the same as what it is for me in my studio. And um, I hit play on it and the person's talking and, and, you know, about topic and uh, introduces me. And then I come on the screen and my son's in the backseat. I'm driving him to school and he's like, hey, that's you. And I was like, yeah, man, that is me. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, you're five years old, man. Like, can you at least admire me a little bit? Yeah, I mean. Like, gosh, you're gonna be 13 one day. You're not gonna want to even talk to me. And you're five, and you're just not impressed. And so, like, I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna come out with a kids' cartoon. If that doesn't work, then I don't know what will. Uh, so basically, the kids' cartoon that the world will get to enjoy is all spawned from my my jealousy of the affection fighting that I'm fighting for my son. Like, I just want my son's affection. He refuses to give it to me. Like, he'd rather just stare out the window than talk to me about how cool i am so <laughs> uh well, i just hopefully uh, hopefully he'll grow up to be like my son hopefully you'll have a connor that will be your partner in weird whenever these guys when lance and ryan ain't around that he just sits down and, and chops it up and, and he's throwing out theories and he's got all this different stuff when you go to a conference he's like yeah, I'm tagging along and, and you get he he goes and he's interacting with people more than you are, actually. So hopefully your son grows up to be the Connor because dude, I, I am extremely blessed when it comes to that. Anything that I want to bounce off of him, he's there for it. He That's is cool. there for it. And he probably pushes this podcast more than anybody else. Like at his high school, AI is a big deal. It's a big deal. Real? And his That's sister cool. is extremely embarrassed by it, but he loves it. Oh man. That's great. I, I hope that my kids turn out like that. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, 
Uh, shout out. What 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 high school? I, I probably don't want to say the high school. Nah, I can say it. Ridgeview High School, baby. Wolfpack. Wolfpack. What up? What <laughs> up? Oh man, that's cool. That's cool. But uh, yeah. So that's what we do at Miracle Media. We just make films and oh, we do the podcast stuff too. So uh, check us out. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm actually thinking about starting up some kind of uh, Merkle Media network for podcasting. Uh, I so far there's been very limited podcasts that I have on Merkle Media that aren't mine. Um, but I'm thinking of trying to figure out a way to open up some kind of network where it's open to more podcasts to help podcasts have some kind of like collective association. Um, but I'm just trying to figure out how that's going to work and how it will look and, and do I want to have it open to anybody and everybody or, or what? I don't know. So yeah, probably won't happen for about five, six, 10, 15 years, but (laughs) no, it's in the works. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's always in the works or you just talk like me and Lance do. We're waiting on the permits. There it is. There <laughs> Any is. question that comes up, we're waiting on the permits. Waiting on the permits. <laughs> dude, I can't wait to get up there and look for this rock and everything else you have in store. Oh, oh dude. Gosh. It's it, it's gonna be a blast. It's well, we definitely know where the rock is. We have um which you talked to uh a guy that was on your show, Glenn. I've been speaking, you know, in conversation with him a little bit back and forth yeah. uh since then. Um you know, and you were even going to be kind enough to have me in studio that day in that conversation. And I had to work, which really, really blew uh, in a terrible way. But we won't get into that. I'm not mad about it. Everything's cool. It's all good. I mean, hey. you got to hold a big chunk of silver. It's it's all good. It's cool. You know, hey, I'm not. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, you dropped the ball on that, my friend. Okay. <laughs> you could have called out sick. You could have just skipped work. You chose to be responsible i know i know i know nobody there's nobody to be mad at but you because i invited you and you said no so that's okay okay Okay, the anger lies with me okay it's me (laughs) with me this is me and my shadow self okay i I know who's to blame here okay yes we'll leave it there anyway i don't even remember what oh yeah back to you coming up dude it's gonna be a blast um let me tell you this uh that that podcast episode is this is this the one yes it is unearthing giant skeletons and hidden treasures by the way that episode had so much information in it that i had no idea what to title it i was like i don't this is i just wanted to call it episode 576 really cool podcast hit play like that's what i (laughs) that's what i wanted to hit uh that episode has 58.6 thousand listens and that could be 58.6 thousand people that had listened to you. And yeah. You said no to me. That's you're, you're right. You are right. You're correct. Again, <laughs> again, we don't have to keep driving this home. I don't know. I know where the blame lies. <laughs> but no, anyway, it's really cool to <laughs> it's really cool, you know, what we have going on and how our how our adventure kind of lies with, you know, a lot of different people. And, you know, it's like I told you before, not there's not a whole lot of people when you start into this whole treasure hunt thing that are willing to share any kind of information at all. Everybody wants to be like, nope, this is mine. I'm not sharing it. If anybody finds it, it's going to be me. But, you know, I mean, we like to share the journey. 
if, if we like to share the journey, if somebody hits it, hopefully they'll send a couple bones our way and be like, Hey, thanks for the notes. You know, thanks for the mm-hmm. journal entries. I mean, it's just, it, it's all for, for me. For, now look, don't get me wrong. It would be awesome. If we stumble a, across this silver, but dude, the journey is so much fun. Yeah. That I don't care if I'm one of these old crazy men with with frazzled gray hair one day shaking my fist in the sky and say, we almost had it. We were almost there. Close. <laughs> yeah. But no, it it's you know, it it's a really cool thing. It's in our backyard. And that's what we encourage people on here all the time. Dude, check out your explore your own backyard because there's weird there. There is weird there. I've been stumbling across what alleged ancient pyramid sites throughout Appalachia here recently. So that tells me if there's a bunch of these sites, then what we're looking at with this carving and stuff is probably along the lines of the same thing. So, I mean, it just, the more we, the the longer we go, the more we're learning, the more we're finding. And it's just awesome, man. It's awesome to hear people doing this all over the country or all over the world and coming across things that, just goes completely against the narrative that we're that we're given that's forced down our throats because it shows you know what y'all are wrong whether you want to say you are or not you're wrong we see it we're finding it and we're going to share the information we yeah. are going to change the culture here i so bad want to find these pyramids in the appalachian mountains dude i could take you to one right now what yep I mean, the pyramid itself is not there, but the dimensions and the way that it's portrayed, I could take you to one. So, like, we could excavate it, and you think there's something there? I think so. Really? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. It's along oh, the New River. We also think, in my backyard here, Tony, which is not far from Justin, but we're pretty sure we've stumbled upon a giant mound. Pretty yeah. sure. Yep. Do we need permission to excavate that? <laughs> I hope not. People have tried to excavate around it, and the equipment won't work. Man, that's why we get a we good old shovels. Get a spade. That's right. <laughs> I almost said something extremely inappropriate right there. <laughs> we just need a shovel. We need a shovel. Uh, they can't. We, it, look, you cannot stop a shovel from working unless my no. back goes completely out, which is possible. It ain't going to stop working. Then I'm going to say, Connor, that's also why I have a Connor. Connor, get over here and grab the shovel. I'll bring my son, my five-year-old son. Get over here and start <laughs> shoveling. <laughs> I can't, Daddy. Do it, boy. Yeah, so uh, this mound that Lance is talking about, it's really, really, really close. And it's just not, it, it doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. I mean, it's it's definitely not natural to the terrain. And it's got lines of oak trees that lead up to it, like in a perfect line on either side that lead up to it, across it, and down the backside. Almost, Lance described like a gateway. And you have all these different, uh, you know, mechanical and equipment malfunctions and, and people like doing different things. Like what kind of mechanical stuff has happened in that area that, that things are ah, dang it, save it for my show. Yeah, let's just save it. We'll save I'm, assuming, gotcha. I'm assuming you already talked about it on your show, right? A little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Not we didn't go into super deep detail, but we we shared a little bit of info. 
your audience yeah. is hating right now. They're like, shut up. Let them. T- <laughs> no, no. Look, you go check it out on the confessionals because it's going to be a banger. Banger. As our, <laughs> yeah. as our good friend Sam Triple said, nothing but bangers. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, he's a good dude. He is a good dude. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, that's really interesting. That is really interesting. Is it is it on public land? No, no. Whose whose land is it? Uh, so it's I wouldn't call him a family friend, but a family acquaintance. Perfect. Somebody close enough that I can start. Yeah, I think persuading. I, think, I yeah. think I definitely think with some time they could be persuaded to let us do some some serious digging. I actually asked our audience um, when we talked about this, <laughs> I asked for 2,000 people to donate just 3 to $4 and support the show link so we could buy some LiDAR. We need LiDAR equipment for what we're doing, okay? And we're broke podcasters, so we need 2,000 <laughs> people. And again, we're putting this out there again. I mean, it just came up, guys. I'm sorry. All right. I mean, you can you can post the Bernie meme if you want. Once again, I'm here asking for your support. We need LiDAR equipment. Okay. It has to happen. But two people did click the link and donate. So two out of two thousand. We're getting it one percent, baby. That 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 those two people, man. Thank you so much. Y'all, y'all real ones. Y'all are real ones. Get, we get, we are getting there. So <laughs> by time by the time we're about eighty ish, we'll be there. So <laughs> we'll break the lot our first time we use it. That that's the way. <laughs> that's the way it works though. Like all these treasure hunters, they find it on their last breath. They're like and they found it, but they didn't get a chance to tell anybody where it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's the way it works. Man. But yeah, now we'll uh we'll definitely we'll definitely come back whenever you whenever you want us and we'll share all the new stuff that we have and the progress that we've made with with our search Please. all that good stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. It's light. I I started yawning and you started drinking I'm like oh no, <laughs> Lance Lance you're up save Lance, us listen. come in save us and, and Lance is sitting there just watching it on the phone he's like yeah this is funny this is funny <laughs> who's gonna end first the yawn or the drink? <laughs> well at the same time Connor peeked over the top of the steps and was just like eyeballing me it freaked me out a minute like I just seen somebody right there through a cracked door man must no, have heard yeah, me he, talking about him. I want to have you guys back down and stuff. You're willing to come down. I know it's a bit of a drive for you, but uh, it'd be really cool to have you back in the studio. I think it was a lot of fun last time. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Dude, this has been a blast. We appreciate you so much for coming on and hanging out with us and chopping it up, talking about Merkle Media, talking about the films, the <laughs> the documentaries, and the, <laughs> the the feature films that are coming out. I'm excited about them. You know, again, I've, I've watched Expedition Dog, man. I've watched Shape of Shadows. I loved both of them. Um, I agree with you earlier when you said Expedition Dog, man, was a good film. It was a good film. It was a really good film. And it was, you know, the, the storyline behind it. And I'm just going to be honest. The best part of that film to me was the closing scene. 
Yeah. And I'm still hanging on that. To this day, I'm hanging on that because we get into the old gods a lot on this show. The old little G gods a whole lot. And Appalachia, and I think that that, you know, kind of includes surrounding like the Daniel Boone National Forest. There's a lot of these old entities that are alive and active and and they're moving. And I think that they are responsible even for a lot of the phenomena that's witnessed. And I think when you start talking about something with antlers showing up, you're getting into old God territory. And that's when it starts getting really weird. And fun. And <laughs> lots of fun. That's I know it. Bo from Bunt Podcast, if he's listening right now, he's like cringing. He's like, oh, be careful, be careful. Relax, Bo. It's okay. <laughs> Bo is, hey, look, Bo is a good friend of ours, too. And you have to have people like Bo around that are like, okay, maybe we should think this through. Maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit because there are people like us, the three of us sitting here. Lance may be a little bit slower to the, the point, but I'm going to talk him into it. I'm just going to be like, Lance, you're coming or I'm going to die. And nobody's going to be there to help me. But no, we, you got to have a bow around. You got to have people around. that are like, mm, maybe we should think on this just for a minute. Because yeah. sometimes that keeps people like us from getting snatched up by pan in the middle of the wilderness and taken to a grotto and sacrificed. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that would suck. Uh, <laughs> um no i i uh that's that's how i feel about ward and i i, I like ward is my gauge you know and he knows it too like i've said it to ward i think joseph has said it to ward me and joseph have talked privately about ward and we're like hey if ward says no to something we're just going to err on the side of caution and go with what ward says yeah. because it's just like especially in the moment and like in the moment it's so tempting to to take that extra step and Ward is like, mm, I don't think we should do that. And it's like, God, Ward, you're such a buzzkill, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, fine. We, tr- yeah. we, we trust. Trust but, uh, in Ward. Trust in Ward. Uh, but yeah, because without Ward, all you have is me and Joel. And that's like, we ain't ever coming. <laughs> we ain't ever coming back. That's Ward- a terrible combo. <laughs> I know, I know. Like and and like we already have everybody's jobs lined up. Like if something crazy happens, we throw Joel in the portal because his kids are grown. Like I'll go if I have to, but I want to see the kids. His kids are grown, they got enough of dad. Like he's yeah. he's we sent him. Um, but yeah, thankfully we got Ward. I, I and I mean that like sarcastically I'm saying it, but I do mean it. Like Ward is literally the compass for us when we're out there, like uh, we all have our own, like, you know, intuitions and Holy Spirit speaking to us. But in those moments, sometimes it's easy to ignore what you feel the Holy Spirit saying because you're just like, yeah, but this is so juicy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I just want to bite the apple just a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ward's just like, guys, I really think this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Ward but- is a Ward's a great dude. He really is. He's a great dude. The way him and I got connected was, I forget exactly how it happened. It was something with Dark Holler. He reached out to me, something to do with Dark Holler. And I don't know what possessed me to do this because I never do this, but I was like, here's my number. Give me a call. 
<laughs> and and he him and I uh talked on the phone for like I don't know two hours. It was a while, yeah. and uh, that was the start of our relationship. And it's just been just been awesome ever since. So it's divine yeah. intervention, man. Divine intervention. God's putting people in place. Dude, I'm saying like even like with Joel, I mean, he came out to my studio in Pennsylvania and like that day, like Joel will tell you, like that day was a spiritual day. Like people hear that podcast episode. I think it's like episode 330 something. I, I called it like the devils in the music. And that day you hear that that podcast and, you know, it's a podcast episode. I think it was a good show and we had good conversation, but there was so much spiritual stuff going on behind the scenes. Um and that was the first day I ever met Joel. I had never even talked to him before he came to Philly to record with me. And at the end of that first day, it was about 10 o'clock at night. We were finally done recording everything. We're in the basement of my studio. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to talk to Joel. And I just said some things to Joel. I'll, it's, I'll leave it at that, you know, just for Joel to tell his story. But um, it was the beginning process of Joel becoming the Joel we know. Yeah. And it's just like our relationships between me, Joel, Ward, Joseph, God has been there from the beginning. God has inspired it from the beginning. Like we all have our little pieces of a story of how God brought us together. And it's just, it's just so cool to see. And, um, and I, I gotta tell you, man, like, and I'll say this to the whole world that's listening right now. I cannot tell you how proud I am of Joel and how much he has uh, progressed, changed, and taken on this new nature in his faith uh, in the last couple of years. You know, Joel was on my show, and he was talking about being a Freemason, and ever since then, I, to this day, we get emails from people, you gotta be careful with Joel, he's he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, and he's, he's, uh, he's pulling you into the darkness, and I'm just like, sucker, ain't nobody can pull me into the darkness, like, like if somebody pulls me in the darkness, it's because I'm a stupid idiot. Like you know, like like it's not like he's not like doing some voodoo thing on me, you know. Um, and it's just uh, seeing the the spiritual progression in Joel's life as a friend of his, a really good friend. Like I, I like he is a really good friend. Um, I I can't I just can't express how grateful I am to have him in my life. Cause he's like a walking example of what God does in people yeah. and it's just see unfold. So with that said, I'm going to let you guys go. <laughs> well, that said, we can let you go. Tony again, man. Appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast. It's been a great conversation and I'm glad that we're able to allow you to come on and, and vent for a little while because in a one host interview based show, you don't get to do that a whole lot. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're getting the opportunity on this film tour right now to, to just let let Tony out a little bit because you know it's it's something that needs to be done for everybody. I've noticed I've been doing that too. Like I've been going on people's shows and like, oh, this is refreshing. Like, <laughs> you know, and uh I I I was even when I was talking with you guys like I don't know, five hours ago, however long it's been. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't ever get to do this on my show. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. like I have a very strict format of how I do things. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and we're not looking to change it up drastically. And so I have been thinking about starting, God, here I go. I'm just going to start talking again. But I, I have been thinking about starting another podcast. It's just 
where will I find the time? Um, but I already had the name. I'm not going to say here. I was one of you suckers that are listening are going to steal it. So I'm not going to let you steal my name. Uh, but it, it, I have been thinking about starting a, a podcast with the idea of really focusing in on faith and um, and conversation around that. But I just don't know if I have time for that. I don't know if you heard that. That was my can crinkling. Nah, so. it's all good. It's all good. But, but um, yeah. So I, I, we have a couple other podcasts we're working on right now. Anyway, so I think I'm gonna put that one on the back burner. But, uh, anyways. Anyways, we'll uh, we'll close this thing out. We'll wrap it up. All right, Tony. So thanks so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. But before we head out of here why don't you tell the hill folk where they can find you and all of your awesome stuff well i wouldn't say it was awesome but i would and i did i agree it is definitely awesome oh thanks guys checks in the mail uh (laughs) you guys can find me on i hang out on instagram a lot we have facebook and twitter and stuff like that and you can follow us there and my wife will post things on those platforms um, but I hang out on Instagram a lot. So you can find the show on Instagram, the professionals podcast, uh, and Tony Merkel on Instagram. I think it's Tony Merkel official is my handle, uh, because I wanted it to be official. Uh, I also, I think there was another Tony Merkel that took the handle, so I couldn't just be Tony Merkel, which sucks. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, Instagram is where I hang out at, but you can follow me on Facebook and, uh, Twix. X Twitter Twix whatever it is Twix. I like and it. Uh, you know all that good stuff and if you want to find the films and you know maybe other podcasts that are on Merkel Media right now we have two other shows uh, Hammer Lane Legends which is a trucking podcast my dad does with a coworker and also Macro Aggressions which is more of a cultural current event type of podcast with charlie robinson i don't i I don't want to call it political even though it goes down that route but it's just calling the world the way it is uh and it's very uh red pill turn your black pill kind of (laughs) kind of podcast uh and uh so yeah you can find all that stuff at merkel.media and uh the confessionals is my main gig that's the podcast that started it all the confessionals the confessionals podcast.com you can find it on apple stitcher iHeartRate. Is Stitcher still around? I'm not even sure. I don't even know. You can find but If it, it is, Apple. you can find it there. Yeah, let's just say you can find it on Apple and Spotify. And if you find it somewhere else, cool. It's there too. <laughs> <laughs> all the major podcast platforms. All the majors. All the best ones. The best. Of, the best. <laughs> we are doing the best of the best over here. Trying to, you know, hold our own in this crowded world of podcasts. When I started podcasting, it was 700,000 podcasts max, max when I started. Now it's like 5 million. You know, it's getting, the room's getting a little crowded. It was only built for max capacity of 1.5. And we're, we're busting at the seams here. We're going to have to talk to Bill Gates and figure out a little bit of population control tactics. Yeah, on the pot, on, no, we don't want to do that because he'll make us disappear. For <laughs> yeah, sure. he, for sure. He's probably, he's we're, we're already on sure. a list. We are already <laughs> on a list. Yeah, he's like, you guys will be the first ones to go. We're going to keep the NPR podcast going for sure. <laughs> but uh, all you you weird people that, you know, talk about this conspiracy stuff, like the, these these vaccines and all this other stuff, Bill Gates, he's, he's, he's coming. He's coming. For he sure. Is. 
Um, hey, did you know Bill Gates? See, here I go. I'm just going <laughs> to. But then I'm going to just say this. I'm going to spit some truth here. I don't know if it's true. Probably is, though. Uh, Bill, Gates, <laughs> Bill Gates, his grandfather was the head of the American Eugenics Society. So it's like deep in his blood to be a population control type of guy. Dad <clears throat> actually uh, head up. I, I, everybody says that his dad had, was like the head of Planned Parenthood. I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I think his dad was the head of like a branch of Planned Parenthood or something like that. He was he was definitely like one of the leaders within the organization. But I don't think he was like the top honcho. But yeah, I mean, so you got Bill Gates, you know, population control type guy. Then you got his dad, Planned Parenthood. Then his grandfather is American Eugenics Society. Like it's just in his blood. And yeah. so, yeah, we don't want Bill Gates touching the population control podcasting because he'll, ch- he'll he'll chop he'll chop me for sure. Like, <laughs> you're out. You well, he are. will now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're done. You're done, and, son. And the, Bill Gates, I'm going to talk to you directly, okay, right now, in, in only the verbiage that you can understand, which is, no, no, don't do that. You that'd, hear be, him say, that'd be a bad thing. That'd be a bad thing. No, <laughs> don't do that. That'd be a bad thing. <laughs> so, yeah, what a weird so now that I got the message across to Bill Gates and he understands what I'm saying, he will not chop me. Well, that's a good thing because Bill Gates is a weekly avid listener to the Appalachian Intelligence Podcast. (laughs) I believe it. You know, the guy is, he's on it. He knows, he knows where the truth is at. He needs to keep his, 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 the finger on the pulse, you know? That's right. That's right. You heard it here, Bill. You heard it here. I'm thinking the giant bones up now before us. Uh, yeah, probably. You are probably right. It's annoying. Oh, Monica just asked me to put the crock pot in the fridge. I don't want to have to do stuff when I get done recording. That's terrible. Don't you know I'm doing important things? Yeah. Do you know I'm working I'm here? Sir. I'm important. This is my second job. I'm doing this for you. I make $36 a month like this. Come on. <laughs> you put the crock pot in. I'm trying to pay bills. <laughs> all right tony thanks again for coming (laughs) yeah thanks (laughs) thanks again for coming on that y'all be sure hill folk be sure to go check out all of tony's stuff even though i'm sure that if you're listening to this show you're probably already listening to the confessionals because uh i mean let's just call it for what it is it was a driving force into what led a bunch of us knucklehead podcasters just jump in and Throw our hats in the ring and start deciding to, to do what we're doing. So I thought we was gonna go with the sound effect right there. Oh, I didn't hear I ain't, I ain't hearing it. You, oh, you didn't hear it? No. Oh man, that's a buzzkill. I was gonna hook you up with some sound effects. Please. I thought we had one coming, so I shut up and then just nothing man. happened. Gosh, now I'm so let down. I'm let down. That's a bummer. Never mind. It was good having you on. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on. Does my voice sound like a monster? That's awesome. You should have done the whole interview <laughs> like that. Nice. Dude, that would have been sweet. Yeah, it would have been. Darn <laughs> Tony, again, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Guys, 
go check out Shape of Shadows at Merkel.media. That's correct, right? Yeah. Merkel.media. Not MerkelMedia.com. Not Merkel.media. Go check out Shape of Shadows. It's a fantastic documentary. The cinematography is great. The production is great. The the things that they come across, I mean, the evidence is there. There's You don't have to go searching for a whole bunch of evidence. When it comes to the Utah Basin, just go to this film, and th- these guys are going to show you, hey, there's weird stuff going on. Go check out the film. You'll love it, I promise. You guys know where you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or X. I get whatever it is. Facebook, X, Instagram, Discord, YouTube. We got old videos on YouTube. We haven't really been posting lately. I think most of the video formats probably going to go over on Patreon or something. I don't know what we're going to do with them. We're going to put them somewhere. Um, Send us your stories at Appalachian Intelligence at gmail.com. Send us those stories. And again, if we're a little delayed in response, we uh, we do apologize. We will get back to you eventually, but we're just three knuckleheads trying to uh, trying to persevere through life and jobs and families and a podcast. So be sure to still send us. We will get back to you eventually. Promise. You can support us financially if you feel led to do that over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Appalachian underscore intelligence, or you can click the support the show link at the bottom of the show notes. But the most important way that you can support the show is by sharing the show. Share AI with everybody you come in contact with, however you feel the most comfortable sharing it. And hopefully some of you out there are comfortable enough to like, you know, I don't know, rent a billboard or rent one of those jets that that pull the flags behind them that can put Appalachian Intelligence podcast on it or you know I don't know just go to your local mountaintop and scream it from there how much you love this podcast however you're most comfortable sharing we wouldn't ask you to go crazy leaps and bounds and sharing the show I mean we're not going we're not going to ask you to do something that we wouldn't be willing to do ourselves Go tell it on the map. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, Hill folk, we love you. Love you and mean it. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. Mm-hmm.